Pittsburgh Steeler fans. We are back for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindSteelCurtain.com. And my co-host is always one, Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good tonight, Michael. I'm doing good. This is going to be a fun show. Hey, you know what? I'm doing great because uh, some of our all-time favorite guests are back. Hawk and Jacques from uh, Tennessee Titans <laughs> Weekly. Uh, for, Hawk, I'll start off with you. How are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, your mic's off. While he's while he's turning that on, Jacques, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It feels good to be back, man, from on the steel curtain. I know when we had this same podcast last year, it was so awesome. So we glad to be back. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, you know I mean, Steelers, Titans. We know how that rivalry is. So it's definitely gonna be a good time. Good time. But I, we let me tell you this. I am glad to be back. I was hoping this was gonna happen, and I was hoping the Titans were gonna play again. So guys, happy to have us back on the show. Oh, it really is our pleasure. Now, Hawk, do we have you? Oh no! There's something <laughs> going on with your mic. <laughs> oh, we we had him before we start up live. Ah, oh, we will. Uh, I think he unplugged himself. Wait, do we got you now? That's coming. Almost there. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we we can we can start things off here, and we can get back to a uh, hawk in a moment. But uh, of course, it's a big game. Oh, there he is, Hawk. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> can you hear me well? Can you guys hear me good? I, I got you. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry about that, y'all. I'm sitting here talking away and not knowing I kicked my microphone out. So, yeah, so I'm glad to be back. Thank you all for, uh, you know, bringing us back as well, too, man. Hey, we enjoy your podcast as well. We are Tennessee Titans Weekly. Uh, you know, check us out. Instagram, YouTube. Instagram is at Tennessee Titans Weekly. We are your favorite Titans podcast. Check us out, y'all. And again, thank you, Jeff and Mike, for bringing us back, man. Oh, like I said before, our pleasure completely. Now, this is, this is a pretty big game for both teams. Uh, like, the AFC playoffs are crazy. Jock, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what does winning this game for either team mean? Because I feel like there's a whole heck of a lot on the line. Yes, so for – I'll go for the Steelers first. You guys still have to be in playoff contention. And still to win the division as well. How the Ravens are limping and Lamar going down – The your division is still up for grabs, and it can be anybody's game. So this is a really a must-win game to keep you, one, in playoff contentions, and two, to keep you so you can at least be in that race to win the division. On the Titans' side is ramifications for, one, win this game. You continue in the race with the uh, uh, Chiefs and the right-now surging Patriots, but it's a whole other story. Um, and then – for us, too, we want that number one seed. We want home field advantage. We want that bye because statistically they say once a team gets that bye, that home field advantage, they have the best chance to go to the Super Bowl. So this game is a must win really for both teams. But for the Titans, I think you got a little bit of rope because of the of the picture of if the Colts lose their game against the Pats Saturday, the Titans ultimately win their division. So it's really almost – it's a really a must win for the Steelers. It's a must win for the Titans. But also if we don't win this game, Hey, it's not going to hurt us, but it's bad. But we do want this game for momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'll kick this over to Jeffrey. Uh, if the Steelers lose, is, is this it? Is this it for our season? Now your mic's off. What is going on here? <laughs> Am I good now? There you are. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty bad if we lose this game. If it's six, seven, and one, like there, you're like, okay, maybe we can get back to five hundred, and everything else is out. I mean, really. I don't think you're coming back and winning the division, especially if some of the other teams win, if the Browns win and, you know, and the Bengals win and Steelers lose, we're, we're done. Like we're hanging by a thread here as it is. Uh, and we have to win the game. We got to win it. 
So, Hawk, just going into this game in general here, uh, this is a great coaching matchup as well. Mike Vrabel is one of, one of the best defensive minds uh, in the game. Uh, Mike Tomlin's, uh, he's been doing it uh, pretty much as long as anyone, uh, aside from, uh, like, what, two other guys in football. Uh, th- this head-to-head coaching matchup is one of the best you're going to get all year. Uh, what's it like uh, when you know that the, the either team is going to come into the game with a great game plan? Well, you know, I think this is a, a, a battle of great coaches, as you mentioned. And I think it's going to, you know, you look at winning, you know, Mike Tomlin's been winning for a very long time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, and I'm on Twitter, you know, I, I see a lot of folks fire Tomlin, fire Tomlin, because they, you know, a lot of times, you know, the team is playing uninspired at times. I do see that. I do. Uh, Tomlin has been a great coach. And, you know, I think he'll continue, you know, to work work on those things, you know, with the team. Uh, I do think as well, too, you know, I think Pittsburgh, you know, right now, there's a lot of immaturity issues going on with Pittsburgh. Not the entire team, but, you know, of course, with Chase, Chase Claypool and things, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's been known to doing the, the TikTok dancing and things like that. So I think, you know, more than anything, uh, it's a culture change that's been going on right now. Tomlin's old school, so is Mike Vrabel. Rabel has guys on his team that are old school guys, and I think they have sort of bought into his to his scheme right now. The Titans have been six years in a row, have had winning seasons. Rabel's been half of half of that. So uh, the culture is just, you know, right now, just, you know, the Titans have just been very consistent in that regard. Still haven't won a Super Bowl, so we're still trying to get there, you know, trying to be close to what Pittsburgh has been. But uh, I, this is two great coaches playing, man. And, you know, you said Pittsburgh, got they got to win this game. I mean, that one tie with the Detroit Lions have you all fourth place in the AFC North. So it's going to be tough. So it is going to come down to a game of culture. We have injuries. I will tell you that more than any team in the NFL. We have that. So it's yeah, it's on coaching. We'll see how it goes, man. We'll, we'll get into those injuries. But uh, Jacques, I, I want to ask you another coaching question. Of course, uh, a year ago, the Steelers would have uh, faced offensive coordinator uh, Arthur Smith. Uh, he is no longer there, of course, the uh, head coach now, the Atlanta Falcons. What what do the schemes look like now? Is it any different? Of course, uh, there, there's some bodies that aren't in place uh, that uh, a healthy Titans team would field. But what does the offense look like? It, is a lot different than what we saw last year. Yes, it is. And of course, with the King going down, every everybody in America, probably even the world, knows the King is not playing. Okay. And you kind of know that's our bread and butter of our offense. Everybody knows you stop the king, you can kind of stop the offense, play action, so forth, so forth. But you've seen some ups and downs with the offense, of course, with our new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, who coached for the Raiders in 2016. He was like the interim offensive coordinator for a little while there. So he's just it's, – it's, it's the woes of a new coordinator. You're coming in, you're trying to pick up – where the last coordinator left off, and you're trying to say, hey, how do we carry what we what success we took from last year to this year? And it, it, it's always going to come with some bumps in the rolls, and it's been some bumps in the rolls. But like Hawk said earlier, when you have B, C players and, and, and just practice squad players you're trying to scheme with, it's hard. So right now with this offense, it's almost to the point where just hold and wait until everybody gets healthy and then you'll start seeing the play action and, 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 the, and the things that what you've seen last year when this, this offense was ranked like the top five in the, in the league and putting up 35 points a game. But right now, it's just with all the injuries we got, it's hard for a new offensive coordinator to come in and just get everything continuity-wise. And I know we have the addition to Julio Jones, uh, and that's a new addition as well. So right now, it's, it's okay. Let me say that. It's okay. But it, it'll get better as, as people get healthy. 
So, Jeffrey, one more kind of coaching-related question. I know uh, we've had this conversation a few times that Mike Vrabel is a guy that kind of scares you when it comes to the game plan and future opponents because of uh, what he does with his defensive schematic. Can, can you kind of go into why you don't like playing against a, a head coach like Mike Vrabel? Yeah, the, the Steelers aren't the most complex systems. Their whole like they just they don't believe in that. Even going back to Cower, going back to Chuck Knoll, they're not about the most complicated offensive systems. And Mike Vrabel multiple times has come in to face the Steelers and really it kind of exposed some of their weaknesses last year. Uh he did some things that really every other team started copying. The Ravens really took it to a new level. Uh, but it was Vrabel who started it. So if there's if there's something left to exploit of the Steelers that like that you can sit there and look at and say, okay, you know what? I I figured out what they're doing and I'm going to solve it. Mike Vrabel is that kind of a coach. He brings that kind of, of intelligence and ability to really look at your scheme and see it from a top-down angle and say, how, where do I attack this specifically? I don't know if that comes into play as much this time because – the Steelers' offense is just terrible. Like, I don't. It's not really like, can you solve our scheme? It's like, can we actually execute our offense? Is is more the problem. Uh, but yeah, Mike Vrabel never. I never like facing him from a coaching standpoint because he he is a smart one. So getting into the injury front here, Hawk, you mentioned it earlier, so I'll uh, I'll ask you, what's it kind of looking like from uh, the Titans side of things uh, when it comes to those injuries? Of course, we know Derrick Henry's not playing, but aside from that, uh, what does the injury front look like? So right now, we are improving as far as our injuries. We're getting players back, especially on defense. And right now, uh, you know, of course, we have Derrick Henry out. We have A.J. Brown out, right? Two guys are two star players on offense out, right? Uh, You look at it as well, we have Marcus Johnson, who was our wide receiver number three. He's out. Uh, Julio Jones just got back. You know, he's still sort of nursing his injury, but he's back. David Long, our starting linebacker. He's out. Uh, trying to think who I'm missing, Jacques. Um, we have uh, Bud Dupree, the former Steeler. He's yeah, back, right? He's been out. So the, the names that I'm naming are guys that have been out. They're now sort of getting back, you know, right now. Uh, you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, none of these guys had serious injuries where they're out for the season except for, you know, Derrick Henry, our best player. Yeah, arguably the best player in the league. So, you know, our injuries now are starting to become more where we're back kind of back at it. And that's why our defense is starting to dominate when they're on the field. Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard, all those guys, right? Every player except maybe Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard, and Ryan Tannehill has been hurt this season. Everybody. So, you know, right now it's, it, we're getting, we're getting our folks back, man. Quickly throwing a super chat here from Sean Manahan. He puts $2 in tip jar, says big Ben Roethlisberger going to go for 4,000 yards. Najee Harris, 1,000. Deontay Johnson, 1,000. Offense, not as anemic. Uh, thank you for that, Sean. Just continue <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the injury frontier. Um, we we, uh, we mentioned Bud Dupree. Jacques, I'm just curious what uh, Dupree, of course, I know he's battled some injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he look like in that uh, Titans defense? And what has he so- provided for that team? So he has contributed to the what we call him. We're still trying to come up with a name with this pass rush that we have that consists of <laughs> Harold Landry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Tierra Tart, and now Bud Dupree. And Bud Dupree hasn't put up the sack numbers that he did with you guys, but what he's doing is he's creating opportunities for other guys to make plays, such as Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons. I think Harold Landry has, what, 12 – he's either at 11 sacks or 12 sacks, I think. He's yep. double-digit sacks. He's the first Titan to do it since Jason Babin did it. Uh, back in, I want to say, 2009 or 2008, and they can correct me. 
but um, he's creating that chaotic and that chaos that you see with Bud Dupree that I feel like TJ uh, uh, Watt benefited from when Bud was here. So it's the same concept. He's just not getting the sack numbers that he should, but he's creating other op- space for other opportunities for other guys to make plays. So he's been a good benefit. And you can tell when he got hurt, the defensive line and the sack numbers went down just like this. That's but right. when he's when he's coming in, now we had a good game against Jacksonville, and I think it's just we know with the with the um, Urban Meyer situation and that team is just a, right now the debacle and they're just dejected. I feel like it has something to play to do with it, but also with the defense stepping up, I feel like with him and Denico Autry, with the addition of them, he's the perfect addition. He's just not putting up the sack numbers to what his contract has lived up to right now. So I think next year you'll see the sack numbers go up. But right now, I like the addition. And I and he just, he actually practiced today, so that's huge for us yeah. for almost like a revenge game against yeah. the Steelers. Yeah. Facts, no paper, sir. Facts, no paper. <laughs> now, Jeffrey, if uh, Bud Dupree was playing, uh, do you think uh, that revenge game does hold true? Like, it, it really doesn't seem like he will be, but uh, – that uh, seems like a, a pretty uh, a pretty big matchup for someone that uh, couldn't the Steelers couldn't afford to keep around. Well, real quick, I want to I want to ask our guest: Is are you expecting Bud Dupree to play? Are we yes. expecting to see him this game? Are you really he has to be on the field, ready to go. Yes. Ask okay, because because I've heard it both Dupree ways. Ready, Alvin yeah. Dupree. All right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> see, this I, is I've heard. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. Because uh, that's a huge thing to me is <laughs> is Bud Dupree versus the Steelers. Uh, if he's out there, uh, which side? Which side is he playing on this year? Usually the left side. Left side. Left side. Usually the left side. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's oh man, like yeah. like Bud Dupree oh, playing the Steelers. Oh, oh, I am expecting the game. Okafor better be ready on that side. <laughs> yeah. And, and Okafor, Okafor is great with speed, but he's not so great with that bull rush. And Bud right. Dupree, I have a feeling he's going to just be like, "What's up, buddy? How you doing?" Mm-hmm. That's right. Remember practice. Let me let me just set you. <laughs> Let me go back and introduce myself to Ben here a little bit. Uh, I am expecting Bud Dupree to be fired up if he is healthy and ready to go for this game. Yeah, I expect a big game from him. I just, I just do. There's something about it's always something about playing your old team, but we've seen that from Steelers. Steelers come back, and former Steelers just have great games against us way too often. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll agree. We, what we saw here in Pittsburgh, I used to run numbers on and talk about it. Uh, when Bud Dupree was active, even if he's not getting sacks himself, the team sacks were always higher when he was on the field than when he wasn't. Yeah. He just is that guy. He he keeps quarterbacks in the pocket. He creates pressure. He just makes everyone uncomfortable. Uh, he was a great player here. Absolutely love him. I can't I can't wait to see him play again, even if it is against us. Yeah, understood. Well, ho- hopefully Mike Vrabel, the former Steeler player, will have a great game against the, uh, the Steelers as a former Steeler. So hopefully that will rank true too. I will say I will say this that I think Vrabel and them did that kind of on purpose because I, I, I he said he had an abdominal injury but I, it might not have been as severe as we thought and I feel like giving him the extra rest got him even more healthier to just get ready say hey you want to play your old team yes so yeah. I think that equated to it too it's another coaching thing from Vrabel coach Vrabel is a good coach man he's a very really good coach. Yeah. Yeah. And things like that mean a lot to players. So uh, that, that's kind of the stamp of a great coach. But uh, to kind of flip into our next topic here, I know the Titans offensive line is, uh, looks a little bit different than the last time we played. Mm-hmm. Those thick guys in the middle aren't the same names. Uh, Dennis Kelly's not there anymore. Uh, Taylor Luan's battled some injuries. Uh, Hawk, can you kind of break down what the uh, Titans uh, O-line looks like and uh, how that's kind of shaping out? 
So, you know, you're looking at the most inconsistent part of our team is our offensive line. Okay. When we do well, we win. When they oh, don't, we like don't. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have had our share of injuries there as well. Nate Davis has missed a lot of games at guard. Taylor Lewan has missed his share of games. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, we've had free agents that we've signed that very, you know, previous day on that Saturday and Sunday they're starting, right? They're out there just wearing whatever number to, just to play on the field. But our offensive line, I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy Juggernaut. Uh, he he brought this point up. I don't know if he's watching the show. But the Steelers do a really – the Steelers, the Titans do a really good job in blocking D linemen that are more big, like bigger defensive linemen. When you play against quicker defensive linemen, that's what we struggle. And so, you know, when I look against the Steelers, you know, you got T.J. Watt. He's, he's unbelievable, right? He's – you know, I don't know. I'm sure he'll play. I know he has a groin injury. He's unbelievable. Cam Hayward's unbelievable, right? Um, outside of T.J. Watt, you know, Pittsburgh ha has a lot of beef on the inside. And so, you know, I would anticipate maybe outside of T.J. Watt, I anticipate us doing pretty well against the defensive line. We still got to watch for T.J. Watt. But, you know, yes, that's been our most inconsistent. I guarantee you, if they do well, we will win this game. If we suck, we will lose. Ryan Tannehill, as far as being sacked, is, is, is the league leader in getting sacked in the NFL. Why? Because of the offensive line, right? Well, we miss Derrick Henry, too, because a lot of times people might think, well, you got Derrick Henry 2,000 yards, but Derrick Henry can sort of, you know, overcome a lot of different things because he's an animal out there, right? So that's very inconsistent, man. Yep. Now, yeah, mentioning that and the Steelers uh, kind of uh, defensive line, of course, uh, the, the beef in the middle, those three C's thick guys, uh, Carlos Davis, Isaiah Bugs, they're getting back in the lineup. Uh, this week it looks like, uh, but on top of that, uh, starting nose tackle last week, I not I always mess up his name. Montrevious Adams, uh, brand new Steeler nose tackle, ends up on the COVID list. This has kind of been an issue league wide. Um, Jacques, I know that there's been some issues with Steelers Titans games in the past because of COVID. Is there <laughs> is there any is there any cause for concern um, with uh, with anything going on with your team? Uh, right now, no. I mean, we have with Des Fitzpatrick on the COVID list, and I think we have Tony Carter who's on the COVID list. But for right now, we're doing pretty good versus how we were last year where we kind of messed up a lot of stuff. But no, we, we're actually fine in that department. Hopefully, we don't know other teams suffers and they suffer the woes of what the Browns are going through. I think they said with 17 players so far that's on the COVID list. So, uh, from and it's still we still have what Thursday to Sunday to see. Whew, this is hold your breath. But yeah, right now the Titans are doing pretty well in that department. We're just not doing good in the injury but injury department. But COVID, we're fine. Yeah. Thank goodness. This is <laughs> yes. we don't yes. want to go through that again. But yeah. uh Jeffrey, what does it mean getting Bugs and Davis back? Because uh Davis has I don't believe he's played all season long. So the, the off or defense line rather should be better than what we've gotten in recent weeks, you'd imagine. But losing Adams again sucks. Well, it does it does give us a little more depth, a little more rotational depth. If uh, if guys aren't cutting it, I mean, get them off the field. That's kind of been uh, the defensive line problem is they don't have enough bodies to, to take guys off the field when they're playing bad. Uh, hopefully Carlos Davis can kind of join Montrevious Adams and, and kind of being a bit more of an anchor. We've got too many defensive linemen losing one-on-one -on -one battles with offensive linemen. That's a problem. Uh, if the Titans are going to struggle with quicker guys that aren't as beefy uh we could see uh henry mondo have a decent game he he gets pushed around a little too much but he's got good moves he's he's quick uh it's it's going to be interesting to see this defensive line and if they can bounce back 
because uh, Thursday they were terrible. They were really good against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Thursday night they were bad. But we know also know the Steelers on the road on Thursday night is just a nightmare anyways. Everyone, like people for just forget how to play football on this team if they're on the road on Thursday night. And uh, so I'm hoping we see kind of a bounce back game uh, here with, with for the defensive line where they show, hey, maybe – Maybe the Thursday night game was the fluke, and the Ravens game is there's a trend going here that we're we're getting we're getting our run defense solved. I'm crossing as many fingers as I can find for that to be the case here, Michael. But we'll see. Now, one of the things uh, that the Steelers have kind of been plagued with this year was is some timid middle linebacker play from uh, Joe Schobert Ooh. and Devin Bush. They played yes. scared. Um, if De- Derrick Henry was healthy in this matchup, I would be like, yeah, we can just chalk this one up as an L. Because um, those, those dudes would be, like, running away. I don't know if you guys watch Mr. Go. Like, uh, he's kind of like one of the uh, exploded kind of on TikTok sort of things. He's the film review guy. But he always uh, makes fun of the guys that uh, are timid and runs away. Those Steelers linebackers have made it on that uh, show on uh, multiple occasions. But uh, without Derrick Henry in the lineup, Hawk, uh, can we expect – uh, whoever the backups are to uh, still perform uh, to that degree, or uh, did the Steelers catch a break this one because this gotcha. linebacker play has been uh, timid to say the least? Gotcha. Well, first, shout out to those in the comment section. Uh, what's good, fellas and, and ladies? How y'all doing, by the way? Uh, Ty, what's good? Yes, we're back. Appreciate that. Yes, I have a Titans blue tree to somebody comment. Brian Brown, you're right. That's Titans blue all day. Okay. All right. One wanted to mention that. All right. So, yes, so Jacques and I talked a lot about the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Pittsburgh historically has had some of the best linebackers at one time, right? Jake Young, what's good? Tighten up, tight fantasy. <laughs> so, um, this is the first time I've ever seen the Steeler linebackers look like kickers trying to tackle people, okay? I look at Devin Butch, a first-round pick, right? He's struggling, man. He's struggling. 55 is on the ground a lot. Um, Joe Sherbert, struggling. Um, you know, I, I've – I've just I've seen Spillane when he's out on the field. You know, I know a lot of people talk about Spillane when he hit Derrick Henry or whatever, but since then it seemed like he gave up his soul after that play. <laughs> uh, you know, Alex Highsmith, you know, is, is your other linebacker. Well, he plays pretty well. Um, I'm shocked. And, you know, I've seen enough tape to see, like, our running game should do well. I don't know what you all seen against the Patriots. We had over 200 yards rushing against the Patriots, and we had two practice squad running backs in Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. I do anticipate us having a good running attack against the Steelers. I think Dontrell Hillier will play a bit, but I think Deontay Foreman will be the guy to look after. They're not Derrick Henry by no measurement. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, so that part is not as scary, so to speak, as far as big plays of 80 yards and, and arm tap and, you know, breaking tackles or whatever. But I do think when I see the tape, I'm like, man, there's a lot of holes and it seems like Pittsburgh just gets blocked easily and they miss a lot of tackles. Dalvin Cook is going to the Hall of Fame off that one game. You know, I've seen it. You know, Lamar Jackson had a great – I've seen uh, uh, the running back for the Ravens, Freeman. Devontae Freeman uh, had a, a heck of a game against him, right? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'd be concerned if I'm a Steeler fan of their linebackers, man. They they suck. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a fair way to put it. I, I don't think there's going to be many Steeler fans that will stand here and argue with that on that one. The only hope is they can turn it around when uh, Devin Bush isn't as scared from his uh, coming back from his ACL injury from a year ago. So that's really where all the hope lies. Otherwise, the Steelers might have to be looking to completely revamp that inside linebacker court. But uh, outside of that, um, Jacques, did you see any other like major holes in the Steelers defense that you think the Titans are going to be successful attacking? 
I, like you said, I like the run. The scheme, what I seen when you guys were playing the Vikings, and I watched that game, and Justin Jefferson was running that same crosser the first half. I mean, literally, it took a minute for the Steelers' defense to adjust to that, and I was actually surprised. I was like, he's running the same play, and this is so uncharacteristic of the Steelers to kind of let this continue to happen. And I said, if we had A.J. Brown, oh, my God. I mean, that same particular play, that crossing, that deep crosser, he would kill it. He would eat it alive. So having what the Minnesota Vikings were able to do and having Julio and you trying to get Julio more involved, we can kind of attack that part of the game. But I'm, a, I'm agreeing with the Hawk. We are more of a run-first team. And Dalvin cooked – oh, my God, Dalvin Cook acted a fool <laughs> – on your defense. I mean, I was – I'm like, Hawk, I'm surprised at how bad the, the, the linebackers were. And, and at the point of attack, they couldn't tackle, missing tackles. I mean, I was like, what is going on? And it got so deep in a hole that it, it was too late to get out that hole. And I'm just observing. I said, okay, you can actually run on the Steelers. I'm actually kind of surprised. So what we were able to do with the Patriots and against the Patriots with the two running back attack that we had with Hillard and, and Deontay Foreman – we can attack that because we're going to need that to open up the pass. And I think the Minnesota Vikings did a very good job at balancing that particular offense where they were able to run the ball. Then that deep crosser came over, and then they ran the ball, and then the deep crosser came over again. So, I mean, it's, it's several different ways that you can attack this particular defense, but in the middle is where you really, 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 really can get the Steelers. Yeah, no, watching this team, you can see uh, many, many holes on this defense, and it's uh, it's painful to watch sometimes. Jeffrey, do you have any faith that the Steelers can kind of uh, like dial some of this back and not be limited by these giant chunk plays, like which seems to be anytime they're turning around and having the ball off or throwing the ball deep downfield, can they turn the t- taps down slightly enough that uh, it's not as bad as it's been in recent weeks? Well, actually, I, w- I want to real quick talk about those crosser routes and, and how, how they were getting that. And it's pretty simple. Uh, in order to stop the run, they, they were just coming out in 21 personnel, fullback and a tight end and a running back. And the Steelers were loading the box. They were sending trail engines up almost to linebacker depth. And so it's just it's just the outside receivers running deep crossers with Minka Fitzpatrick. And all you're all you're doing all day is is just reading which way Minka Fitzpatrick went and go to the other guy. That's that's all you have to do. And our pass rush without TJ Watt out there was given you know three and a half seconds for a guy to sit there and look and then he's throwing and, and there were times Kirk Cousins threw he stood there for three four seconds in the pocket yeah throws a deep ball, and at the end, he's just throwing, does his follow-through, and there's no one near him. Mm-hmm. He's got a completely clean pocket. It's like there are so few quarterbacks in the NFL that can't make a deep throw if they have that kind of a pocket. And uh, worst, of, worst of all, in that game, Minka was Minka was helping Akella Witherspoon whether he had Justin Jefferson or not. And so often you just had Cameron Sutton on Justin Jefferson, and that's yeah. that's just – you're just asking I for it. Like that's, that's never going to work. Sutton's a solid number two corner, but that's never going to work. And and whenever they back up and try and do cover two, try and do a little zone, you just run right at them. You, you know, you just move, you know, uh, Chris Wormley, just move him right out of the way and run right right through B-gap <laughs> all day. It, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, there was a play that the, the offensive line literally threw Chris Wormley into Montrevious Adams and knocked down Montrevious Adams with Chris Wormley. And I'm just like, well, they're there. I mean, yeah, yeah. He just ran for 20 yards. Of course he did. Like he just took out half the line. Um, I oh, it's bad. I'm hoping. I'm hoping again. Again, I'm 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 crossing every finger I can find. 
that that was Thursday night football and that the Steelers somehow looked like a completely different team. And speaking of that Thursday night game, I, I also got to add that Jeffrey Benedict predicted that game to be six to six, uh, another tie. Um, after he flamed me for picking the Ravens to beat the Steelers the week before, yeah. let's just put that back out in the ether. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Evan knows exactly what's going on here. Um, we're approaching the halfway mark. So I think we're going to jump into a break a little sooner than normal. Uh, and just, uh, if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, just hang tight. We're not going anywhere, but if you are listening on the podcast platform side, click over to part two right now. 